This is Lonnie Veasley, and you're listening to the Ready to Sell podcast, a show to help you sell your company. Welcome back to the Ready to Sell podcast. I'm Lonnie Veasley, and just thank you for listening again this week. And today I'm going to talk about uh, what can go wrong when you're trying to sell your company or if you've hired a firm or business broker to sell your company. Uh, so the typical mistakes or uh, and difficulties that sellers encounter when they try to sell the company on their own. So, um, you know, what can go wrong? Uh, a lot can go wrong. Uh, like I've said before, um, only about 30% of the companies or businesses that are listed for sale actually sell. And so that's not uh, counting the companies that just go out of business. Really, probably I would say only 15% of businesses. That's what some um, experts say out there. Maybe only 15% of businesses actually sell. So um, the biggest thing, uh, first off, is uh, valuing the company. Um, we, we highly recommend getting a business valuation, especially if you have a you know complicated business or really if you're doing over a couple million dollars in sales, you definitely want to get a business valuation. You know, if you have a lawn service and it's, you know, you and a crew, uh, someone like me can figure that out. But you really want to get a business valuation. Um, you know, I know every, every business owner, uh, rightfully so, you think your business is worth more than what it is because you, you put uh, blood, sweat, and tears in, into it over years. The biggest mistake uh, is demanding unrealistic sales price. Uh, I actually have a deal right now where um, this is how close it is, where it, um, I think it should be at $3 million. The seller thinks it should be at 3.4, 3.5. We're a little closer to that price, and um, it so far it hasn't sold. It's, I've had it for about six months now, and it hasn't sold. And I've sold um, one of the issues I have, um, or to give you an example, I've got a company for sale right now with real estate, and um, the real estate sometimes makes it tricky. I think the business should be at three million, and the bank also thinks it should be at three million. The seller thinks it should be at 3.5 because he had an appraisal done on the real estate in 2018 at 1.2 million. Um, and you know prices have gone up, especially here in the Tampa Bay area. I showed him stats um, two weeks ago on biz buy sell. We've had, uh, I wanna say 30 something thousand views. Of those views, only 800 people actually clicked on it because they look at the price, they look at the cash flow, and they say, oh, this doesn't make sense. Only 800 people out of 33,000 or so that saw the listing click through. And then out of that, I only had about four or five inquiries over this time. And, and he and I keep going back and forth. And what I tell him is when you're selling a piece of property with a business, it doesn't matter if even if he has um, an appraisal right now at you know, say $2 million or $2.5 million, it goes by the cash flow. The buyer's going to look at the business and the building, and the bank's going to do the same thing. And they're going to say, oh, how are you going to pay for this business? How are you going to pay for this building? So if there was a car wash there, it could be less. It could be if the car wash is only doing 800000 in sales and the owner's bringing in $100,000, you know, that deal together, the bank would only finance maybe four or $500,000. So obviously at that point, you just sell the building, you know, liquidate the car wash. Same thing if there was if the business was doing ten million in sales, and the cash flow was you know four four million or so, 
he may get twelve million for that. So pricing it is very important, especially when you have real estate mixed in with the business. It gets a little tricky. But overpricing the business, it it, um, it makes it tough. I would say since um, I, I've always said um, it takes about nine months to sell a company. There are bigger deals, our, our M&A deals, uh, those take over a year, sometimes 18 months. But um, the companies that I've sold that are in the you know three to $4 million range, ever since 2020, mid-year 2020, it's all the ones that I've had priced correctly, right on spot, uh, I've sold for about half the time, four or five, I would say about four or five months. But all the ones that are just overpriced a little bit, say if it's $4 million, but, you know, that seller wants to try to squeak out 4.2, 4.3, it's taking the full nine months or even a year. So making sure it's properly priced is very, very, very important. Um, another mistake people make is uh, failing to run the business while they're selling it or while we're selling the company. So we always tell business owners when we get it, get it engaged and we, we get the business on the market, we tell them keep their hands on the steering wheel. Sometimes this doesn't happen. Sometimes they don't make, um, you know, they just, they think that the business is already sold because it's on the market. They're not making proper decisions as far as hiring and firing, marketing decisions or buying equipment that they need to. So you want to keep running the business as it's not for sale. It's very, very, very important because once the numbers start going down, it's, uh, it's not only hurting your valuation, it's going to hurt the percentages of you selling the company or us selling the company because, like I said before, every buyer, every company, they're, they're actually, they always ask, why are they selling? Because they're scared. They think something's wrong. Once they see numbers going down, they're really going to think something's wrong. It's really, really hard to fix that or to convince the buyer of the company, you know, you should buy this. He just took his, he or she just took their hands off the steering wheel. Um, another mistake that people make um, is the negotiation. Uh, sometimes they, uh, especially on, typically on the bigger deals, I'm, I'm working on a deal uh, now that's uh, going to be 25 plus million. We're getting um, a bunch of buyers lined up. You want to, you don't want to negotiate with just one buyer if you can. I'm not saying you want to get a bidding war, but you definitely want to, if, if you have a, if you have a price right, you have an attractive business, you definitely want to talk to multiple buyers. I get this typically sometimes where, um, I meet with someone, we're looking at selling their company, we do a business valuation, and they don't move forward because they think they have a buyer. And I tell them, hey, you know, great, if you have a buyer, we can exclude them, or we can cut the commission in half, or even three quarters of the commission, but you don't want to just depend on that one buyer. What happens, six months down the road, the buyer never moved forward, and the business, you know, the numbers went down a little bit during that six months. It's hard to make back up for the rest of the year. If you're your first six years, your numbers started to slip. Um, nitpicking during the negotiations. Uh, there is a lot. Um, there's a lot of things to negotiate when you're selling your company. And, um, you know, obviously the price is a very big thing. The terms, as far as are you taking all, all cash or are you taking 70% cash and you're getting a note? But I've seen some sellers, they get into, they start nitpicking like, well, no, I only want to sign a non-compete for two years instead of three years. And, and the buyer or the company, they want a five-year non-compete. And they go back and say, well, you know, Mr. Mr. Smith, you know, you're 65 years old. You say you want to sell your company. Why, 
why are you complaining about this uh, non-compete uh, term where the, whether sometimes it's not even the uh, it's not even the year sometimes it's even the distance they'll say well I I want it to be a five-year non-compete but I want um, I want it to be only 15 miles but you know if you have customers or that are outside of that 15 mile radius you need to you know sign a non-compete to, to cover that whole area so just strange things that I see sellers nitpicking on I don't know if it's an ego thing uh, sometimes it's staying on um, we get a, a buyer or a company that they're buying a business but it's you know dependent on the owner or it's just a it's a it's not a business where they would step in and you know get two weeks training from the previous owner they need the owner to to stay on for you know six months or maybe three months and then after that maybe taper off with phone calls so sometimes we get um, one of the things they they will nitpick over is how long they have to stay. You know, they, they're selling their company. They're, they're going to walk away with $5 million. But they say, I only want to stay for one month. That's it. I've had some sellers that are stubborn, like, nope, I'm only going to give them two months. And if, if you have a business that's complicated and the previous owner's got, you know, all the business acumen, they've got the money and everything else, but they've never ran that type of business, I would go ahead and, you know, give them the two months, but then give them a consulting agreement, you know, where they can make phone calls to you or you come back and make a cameo appearance, et cetera. Just don't nitpick on the negotiations. If you really want to sell your company and you're tired of that company and you're getting your asking price, let the buyers or let the company win on some of the few small items. All right. Another, another uh, typical selling mistake is failing to evaluate the buyer's personality. Um, if, if it's a company that you care about and you want to make sure your employees are taken care of, you really need to get a, get to know the buyer, not just have one meeting and sell the company. Um, you, I get sometimes sellers, they want to put in the contract, well, they have to keep, you know, X, Y, and Z employees, but there's really nothing you can do. Once that company is sold, that's it. You don't have any control. I mean, you can sign something, they can sign something, but once they own that company, they can do what they want. Nine times out of 10, especially I would say on the main street level, uh, the employees are an asset. So they, they will keep those um, employees, but you get into these bigger deals where it's a strategic buyer. They're obviously, they're going to get rid of certain people. They're not going to keep two CFOs. They're not going to, you know, keep two um, sales managers. They may, you know, downgrade one if the other one's going to accept that, but really get to know the, the, the buyer's personality, not just uh, as far as how they're going to treat the employees, but just how, they negotiate how you're going to, you know, especially if you have to stay on for, you know, six months or so, you guys got to work together. So you have to, you know, figure out a way to work with their personality because you have to have that tough meeting um, after you sell the business. And there's going to be a very awkward, um, not just awkward meeting, but awkward uh, time because you don't tell the employees or anyone until it's sold after the closing. So you have to go with the buyer after the closing and have a meeting with all your employees and you know let them know like hey this is jill or this is jim they they bought the company and then you have to be there too for another two weeks four weeks two months and it's kind of awkward and you also at that point also you need to realize that you're not the owner anymore and that's really hard for sellers when you're uh, in there working with a new owner you're just helping them out all right, so another uh, difficulty or, or mistake uh, that can occur is marketing the company to sell. So how do you do that, especially if you're trying to sell it on your own, and where do you sell it? 
the the main street businesses when i say main street businesses typically uh, 10 million in sales and under you know i'm sure you heard of it biz by sell business for sale.com you know there's certain places that you know you you want to put the um the listing out there and i always warn uh, certain um you know if you're doing it on your own you know those are those are two tips right there you can put them on those sites there's there's several others they do cost money um uh, there's a monthly fee for that so i do uh, warn sellers sometimes because I, I typically don't you know take deals that are you know i would say around you know under five hundred thousand or so in sales price it just depends you know if it's a friend or a certain type of industry but you know typically mines are a little uh or higher than five hundred thousand valuation but um what i do recommend when i you know pass it on to another uh, broker or i tell them they you might want to look for a, for another broker to, to take this on uh not trying to knock any of the independent guys or, or the smaller guys, but, you know, where I hang my license, Murphy Business Sales, we're a nationwide company. There are a couple other ones like Transworld, Sunbelt, that they have the, the, the presence and, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say the money, but because there's, there's so many brokers in their network, they're able and we're able to put these businesses on the market for a whole lot less. If, if you go to, if you try to do it yourself, or if you try to go to a broker that is just him by himself and maybe two other brokers, it's going to be hard for them to put your business listing on all the multiple listing sites. I mean, there's 20-something plus or, or so that they charge a monthly fee. And I just don't see how, especially if they're selling a business that's, you know, four or $500,000 or something, how it, and the commission they're going to make on that, I don't see how they're going to be able to put it on all the multiple listing sites and let alone if you're trying to sell it on your own it's going to cost you a lot of money every month if you're just an independent or if you're just by yourself trying to sell your company on your own so you have to think about that um, it's not like the mls with real estate where there's just one place that goes into with uh, business brokerage um, m a there's multiple places and that's another thing like right now I'm, I'm taking on an engagement that's you know 25 million plus I'm not going to put that on biz buy sell. That's a uh, it's a different uh, different animal and uh, different sites and different way to find the buyer. So finding the buyer and marketing the buyer is is um, key. But then also keeping it confidential. I'm sure if you're working with a business intermediary or business broker, hopefully they understand about keeping it confidential. If you're trying to sell it on your own, you've got to make sure you're doing that. You've got to make sure you have the right paperwork. So if you don't, um, all these other brokerage firms, as, as well as our own, we have the confidentiality agreements to give to the buyers before they release, before we release information. But if you're trying to sell it on your own, um, you can Google something, but uh, I would recommend getting an attorney to make sure that your company's uh, protected. And also be, be careful what information you're giving them. You don't want to give up in your employee names, any of your vendors of how you're getting your products in your secret sauces. You, know, you want to explain your business after they sign the NDA, after they give you proof of funds, but you still don't want to give up information to where they can uh, start competing against you. Um, financing, that's a big one. You need to uh, know how to, uh, or the broker needs to know how to set the deal up to, to where it can get um, SBA financed. I've got a, a deal now uh, in St. Petersburg, the manufacturing company, and um, I've had it for sale for, I don't know, four months. And we've got a, a, some buyers that are on the West Coast. 
that have been here and, and they want to move here because they like it here better. And um, they've looked at the business, and I even gave them the um, the banker that I've used to uh, pre-approve the deal. Uh, they decided to call their call their own banker because their you know their banker said, "Oh, we can do this. We can handle SPA and et cetera, et cetera." And they almost didn't move forward because they didn't know that they could use their equity line of credit for the down payment. That banker told them, no, you can't do that. How are you going to pay for the business if you take out your equity line of credit? And I said, no, that's not right. I've been doing this for 10 years, and I've had plenty of buyers use their equity line of credit for the down payment. The business, because the business is cash flowing, I don't know, $700,000 a year, the business is going to pay for the business loan, the business itself. So got them set up with the banker that pre-approved the deal, and now they're going to go ahead and you know move forward on the deal. They thought they can only purchase a business for a million dollars, but this was a really good fit. This business is about $4 million, and after talking to my banker, they see now that they can get the deal done. So you have to know how to structure these, not just bank financing, but also um, being creative with financing. And if you're doing you know bigger deals, you know how to you know break off your shares. But just be careful. And I'm not, you know, not, I don't want to not knock bankers out there. I've, I've, I've have a plenty of relationships with uh, plenty of bankers and SBA lenders, but most of the, the, the gentlemen or, or women out there that are trying to get the loans, they're just trying to bring the loans in. You got to make sure that that bank has a really good SBA department uh, and, and whoever's in charge of the SBA that, and, uh, for that bank knows how to get the deals done because they're different than uh, commercial deals. To wrap this up, you know, structuring the transaction is very important. Uh, keeping the transaction moving forward is very important. Delay is an enemy uh, in all size deals, especially on the smaller deals, because buyers, you know, start thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I can handle this. So delay is an enemy. So you want to make sure you, you uh, just keep things moving forward. Keep running the business also while things are moving forward with the deal. But that should wrap it up. Um, Thank you for listening this week. Next week, we're going to talk about building your dream team. If you do want to sell your company in the next year or two, you want to start building a dream team. And also, I've got some guests lined up for you. So thank you and make it a great week.